Let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit our webpage at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into today's study. Dear Heavenly Father, we invite your presence to be with us. We ask you to give us wisdom and understanding. Help us that we will apply your word in the right way and that it will be a blessing to all involved. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's study is entitled, Jesus Gives Us Rest. Jesus Gives Us Rest. And our passage for this study is Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30 which says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay. Jesus gives us rest. There's a lot of confusion around this topic. I actually need to do a series of studies on the Sabbath, and I have not done them yet because there are just a ton of topics that we have to discuss, but it's becoming more and more apparent that many people don't have a proper understanding of the Sabbath, and in order to support their improper understanding of the Sabbath, other texts get distorted. So, for instance, Increasingly in recent years, I have heard people say things like, the Sabbath is not important because Jesus is our Sabbath. But that doesn't make a great deal of sense because Jesus says several things that would undermine that. For instance, in several passages in Scripture, Matthew 12, verse 8, Mark 2, verse 28, and Luke 6, verse 5, Jesus makes the following statements. In Matthew 12, 8, it says, For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. In Mark 2, 28, it says, Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. And in Luke 6, 5, it says, And he said unto them that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Now, in each of those cases, Christ was dealing with the Pharisees' perception of how the Sabbath day should be maintained. So even though only the Matthew account includes the word day, the context of the discussion to which Jesus is responding is about the day. So if Jesus wants to tell them that the Sabbath is not a day, that would be a really good time to point that out. But he doesn't. And again, as Matthew quotes it, 
for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. Now imagine that Jesus really means that he is the Sabbath. Does it make sense for him to say that he is Lord of himself? Because that's what he would be saying. If Jesus is the Sabbath, then he would be saying, the Son of Man is Lord even of myself. Not only is that somewhat pointless and redundant, but in some ways it would go against other things he said, which were that he came not to do his own will, but to do the will of him that sent him. It's a little bit awkward to say, I'm here to do somebody else's job. I'm here to do the job I was sent to do. I'm here on a mission that I was sent to perform. And I'm in charge of myself. Because when you're on a mission for somebody else, that person is in charge of you. They may not be managing your moment-by-moment activities, but you are accountable to them. So those two concepts would be at odds. But let's go to the place where Jesus does mention rest, and let's see how he describes it. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight, Christ says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He didn't say, I will be your rest. He says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay. Let's deal with the... There are many parts of this that we're going to deal with. First off, ye shall find rest unto your souls. He says, come unto me if you're burdened, and you will, I will give you rest, and you will find rest. It does not make sense for him to say, come unto me, and you will find rest, if he is rest, because it would mean that rest was never lost. If you know where Jesus is, then you know where rest is if Jesus and rest are synonymous. But if, you, if we are unable to find rest, and Jesus says, no, 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 stop looking for rest, come to me and I'll give it to you, then that makes a great deal more sense. Because in this passage, Matthew, where, uh, Matthew 11, in this passage, Christ is clearly speaking to people who know where he is. He's not lost or hidden relative to them. Okay? He's promising them rest in the same way that he's promising them eternal life. Now, it is true that Christ offers us eternal life and claims to be the resurrection and the life. Right? But we can't make, we don't make those two things synonymous. Or maybe I should say it differently. We don't come to the conclusion that because Christ gives life, he is life. We accept the fact that he's life because he says so verbatim. He tells us that. He asserts it. Right? We don't look at the fact that he resurrects people and say he is life. 
We look at the fact that he resurrects people and we say he has life, he has health, he provides strength. But then he tells us, I am life. Life is inherent in me. It is synonymous with me. And because he tells us that, now we can conclude that he is life. Here, he only tells us that he gives rest or that he has rest. He does not ever state that he is rest. So we cannot make that additional leap. You can't use them synonymously, the rest and the life, because in the case of life, we have passages that say he grants life, he bestows life, and then we have passages that say he is life. And so by taking those two passages, we can say that both of those things are true. We don't extrapolate. We take two facts that are given to us and we accept those two facts. Here, we only have one fact concerning rest, and that is that Christ gives it to us. There is no fact about rest that indicates that Christ is our rest. He has our rest. He provides our rest. Even saying we can rest in him is still different from saying that he is rest. For instance, you rest in your bed, but your bed is not rest. Your bed is a place of rest. It is a place that provides rest, but it is not synonymous with rest. It may be synonymous in your mind with the concept of sleeping, fine. It may be synonymous with acquiring rest, fine, but a bed is a place of rest. It is not the very rest. Because you can sit on a bed all day and get no rest. So it's not synonymous. We're going to take a brief look, because we're not going to belabor this issue now. We're going to take a brief look at Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 4, really from chapter 3 into 4, yeah, let's look at Hebrews 4, verse 1. Let's start at verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left of us entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Okay, so Paul here is comparing the people he's speaking to now versus ancient Israel. And he's saying that both parties were promised that they would enter into God's rest. But one party did not believe in faith, and therefore, while they occupied the, the, the land that was promised to them, they did not receive the rest that was promised to them. Okay? Then you get to verse 4. It's, well, let's do verse 3. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, and then he quotes, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place, again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief, 
Again he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Verse 8. For if Jesus had given them rest, given them rest, notice the language, if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterwards have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. So there's a rest that we are still awaiting. Okay? There's a rest that we are still awaiting. And there's a rest that we can have today. And Jesus gives both of those, but Jesus is not synonymous with rest. Okay? The rest that we can gain today is salvation through the blood of Christ. Rather than us working and laboring for our own salvation, striving, I, don't, I shouldn't say that, striving is, is, is an important concept, but in the context that, we're, that I'm using right now, our salvation is by grace through faith. When we enter into the rest that Christ offers us, the work that we would otherwise be struggling, the burdens we would be struggling under, the work that we would be struggling with, those go away because of what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Okay? So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of, of the rest that we're all awaiting, even when we are resting in Christ in our day-to-day -day Christian experience, we are waiting for the blessed hope, for the ultimate rest in heaven and then in the new earth. Okay? So that's still another rest that the people of God are waiting for. And we can only enter into that rest by faith. It's a promise to us, but if we if we don't believe, we will end up just as the as ancient Israel was as it relates to not getting into Canaan the first time because they didn't believe, and then getting into Canaan but not conquering the land as they should because they did not believe. Jesus offers us rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. A yoke, for those who might not know, is an instrument that is a, a tool, an instrument that is used in agriculture, in farming, to put together two, or, or I should say pairs, because sometimes people yoke in, you know, multiple yoke of oxen, but typically a, a single yoke puts together two oxen or two animals. Oxen are among the strongest. You can also yoke horses um, so that they can labor together and, um, and, and have less strain individually, right? If you have one oxen and you put uh, a plow behind it or whatever, that oxen is bearing the full brunt of that work. But if you put two oxen, if you put this, this uh, usually it's wooden, if you put this wooden yoke around their necks so that they have to work in tandem, then they will be able to um, pull much more weight than they would individually. Okay. So why does Jesus mention a yoke here? Because... Jesus is going to be yoked with us. Now, 
in the Bible, you're not supposed to, according to the rules given to the Israelites, you're not supposed to put two different kinds of animals together. You can't put an oxen and a donkey together, right? Because there are different kinds of animals. It would create the different size animals. It would just be imbalanced and would create problems for at least one of the animals. But Jesus, who took on humanity, offers to yoke himself with us. And when we are yoked together, his yoke is easy. And his yoke is easy because he's doing all of the work. He, we may be similarly sized animals, but he is pulling far more of the weight. Okay? So we are yoked together. He's pulling the weight, and therefore the burden is light. But again, this tells you that he's not rest. Because he's working with us, we obtain rest. We find rest. He gives us rest. He is not rest. He has rest. He offers rest. He provides rest. In him, we find rest. But he's not synonymous with rest. Okay? Or maybe I should say he's not equivalent to rest. Which means, for our purposes, that we want the rest of Christ. We want to obtain that rest that he offers. We don't want to be carrying all our burdens by ourselves. We don't want to be laden down with sin and laboring to achieve our own righteousness. These are futile endeavors. We want to come to Christ and let him yoke us up with him and then learn of him, become more like him, move in accordance with him, in coordination with him. And we will find rest. We will find that our day-to-day -day labor is easier. We will find that our burden is lighter. And he will be by our side with us in everything that we're going through. In him, we will find rest, even though he is not equivalent to rest. And because he's not equivalent to rest, that means he does not replace the Sabbath. Because he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And why would you be the Lord of something that doesn't exist? That wouldn't make any sense. That would be like me being the king of a fictional place. There's no point in that. My prayer for each one of us is that we understand the significance of the Sabbath, Christ's role in relation to the Sabbath, Christ's role in relation to rest, and that we will come to him, take his yoke upon us, labor together with him in a way that is easier, with a burden that is lighter than we could ever do by ourselves. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you for everything that is contained therein. We ask you to guide us and direct us and help us Help us as we study your word to understand. Help us not to misconstrue what you've stated, what you've asserted, what you have proclaimed, 
and what you have had written down for our understanding. We thank you for the promise of rest, both in this life and in the life to come that you offer us. And we pray, Lord, that you will help us to accept that rest by faith and not be rejected because of unbelief. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. The Apostle Paul's prayer is our prayer. He said, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. Remember that you can find Rightly Divide the Word of Truth on Pandora, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or wherever you normally obtain your podcasts. And be sure to check out the True Wisdom podcasts as well. You can contact us via email at biblequestions at asbzone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word. Thank you.